Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. What we want you to do is to have something to write with as our main topic is going to be the topic of worship. I want to talk to you about worship. This stuff behind me tends to be a bit scary. Um, However, I'm going to get to that in the next few minutes. Please do not allow the props to distract you. No wonder, I wonder what he's going to try to talk about. Trying to figure it out ahead. Don't, don't do that. Believe me, this is not the context of the message. Message is here. Um, Do not be distracted by it. But I just, I just wanted to use it as a visual. So to kick off our series for the month here in October, I want to begin with a conversation that happened between Jesus and a woman. There's a woman that is just known in the Bible by the the name, the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. That's it. That's her name. Woman at the well or the Samaritan woman. There is no more details given about her identity. In this conversation, Jesus approached this woman and she asked her for something To drink. Immediately, what we find is that this conversation takes a few unexpected turns, and then finally it ends with a with 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 the woman proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior, and then she goes back and tears the entire, she tells the entire town that she found the Messiah. She told Everybody she knew and she came in contact with, I found the Messiah. But not before both of them landed on what seems to be a random, random topic of worship. They started to discuss worship prior to Jesus going further and going into these um, different topics. But out of John chapter 4, verses 19 to 24, I want to pick up this story here. And I want to read, I I just want to read these verses as we develop this topic for the entire month. The topic is the place, somebody say the place, place. somebody say the place place. near me. me. Remember the me is not you, the me is God. The the me is not you, thank you very much. You, You felt that, you hear it, you hear it. Thank you baby, you got my back. George fell asleep today. Look, back there with his hands crossed. <clears throat> oh, thank you. That was good. So this is, what, this is what goes on. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews, you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it here in Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worship. And then Jesus replied. Jesus replied. um, MJ, give me a little more volume on my microphone so that I don't have to yell. Thank you very much. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, Believe me, dear woman, 
the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. See, you Samaritans know very little about the one. Somebody say the one. About the one. The one you worship. While we Jews, we know about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But, somebody say but. The time is coming. Indeed is here. 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 When? When? When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is, 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 is looking for those who will worship him that way. What way? What way? Spirit and truth. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth isn't about worshiping with two distinct approaches or two separate notions or ideas. You're not worshiping in truth or in spirit. Are you following? In truth and in spirit is one and the same. The woman here is focused like many of us today on a geographical area and a place of worship. But Jesus is talking about a state of being, a comportment, a posture, a frame of mind, a how, but most importantly, a who. You cannot worship you cannot worship in truth and not in spirit. Just like you cannot worship in spirit and not in truth. The spirit leads you to truth and truth can't be found or achieved absent of spirit. So this is one single concept not two different steps. And for many years, we've made it about two different steps. But it's not. True worship, somebody say true worship, can only happen when God's spirit reveals God's truth to the worshipers. The problem is that many are asking the wrong question. Many are asking the wrong question about truth. Many are asking the wrong question about spirit. Many ask, what what is truth? Or what is spirit? Instead of asking, who is truth and who is spirit? Jesus himself answers this question I love what he says out of John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let's read this together. Don't let, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Who is he speaking to? Do we have disciples here? Do we have disciples? 
Are there disciples at home watching? Okay, if you're watching, this is a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will also be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Listen, listen to, listen, listen to Jesus' assumption as he's talking to the disciples. You know the way where I am going. And one of the disciples, Thomas, goes, uh, no. Uh, no. We don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told them, I am the way. The truth. The life. No one, say no one. No one, no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said, no one. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is telling his disciples then, he tells his disciples now that Jesus is the way to the Father. Who's the way to the Father? Jesus. Who's the way to the Father? Jesus. Oh, see, George outdid himself. There you go, honey. <laughs> That's a friend. <laughs> Thank you, George. Love the presentation. Jesus is telling the disciples then and, and now that Jesus is the only way to the Father. That Jesus is the truth about the Father. That Jesus is the life in the Father. And more importantly, he is the way to the Father. How many want to get to the Father? How many want to get to the Father? But you can't get to the Father if it's not through Jesus. Thomas here is doing the very same thing that the Samaritan woman did and that what many of us are still doing today. Still today, many of us are looking for other ways to get to the Father to circumvent Jesus. And that is to try... We try to formulate a systematic way to get to and arrive to the Father and Jesus by eliminating Jesus. Jesus says, no, you, you cannot relegate me to a human system. You cannot relegate me to rudiments and to rituals. They don't, they won't, and they cannot work past the work and past my already system in place by way of the cross, the sacrifice, and the resurrection. That's all it needed. That's all that needed to be in place to get to the Father. Jesus is crying out for his disciples to know then and now that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is life, and Jesus is truth. Now, after Jesus is arrested and he was taken away to be interrogated 
by a governor out of John chapter 18, verse 37 and 38. Listen to this banter or this, this conversation between Pilate and Jesus. Jesus is about to be crucified. Pilate said, so you're a king? Jesus responded, you say I am. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Then Pilate responds and he said, what is truth? Pilate is also asking the wrong question. He's asking what is truth instead of asking who is truth. And Jesus is saying, guys, everything about everything will always point to me. Let, let me let me help get this concept. If if you know how to set your GPS, anybody, everybody, anybody here, except for uh, except for Rob. I mean, I know that he's in a different age group as of his birthday, and and, and they use maps. So Rob is still using maps, and we get it. With respect. <laughs> oh, he's like, man, don't don't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll. But if you know how to use a GPS. What do you have to input in order to get to your destination? What do you need? A destination. Well, Jesus is saying, you would have to input, if you want to get to the destination, my father, Jesus is what you would have to input in the address. Jesus is what you would have to input in the street. Jesus is what you would have to enter in the city. Jesus is what you would have to enter into the state and Jesus is what you would have to enter into the zip code. All you have to do is put Jesus to get to the destination, the father. Are you getting that? Everything points to who? To Jesus. To get to the, if you want to get to the father, you got to get to, you got to get through. Jesus is the only way to get to the father. Are you following that? And that is what Jesus is telling this Samaritan woman. He's telling this woman by the well, if, if we were to read it, I don't have time to get to read into verses 1 through uh, verses 24 of chapter 4. So you could get the whole story, the whole context of this chapter. He tells the woman, I have a water that will quench your thirst forever. This is what Jesus is telling this woman. What? The woman said, well, give me some of that water. Jesus said, I am that water. Oh, well, where do you get the water from? Jesus said, I'm the well. Oh, well, how do you draw water from the well if you don't have a bucket? Jesus says, I'm the bucket. Well, you can't get to the, how are you going to get to the bottom of the well with a bucket if you don't have a rope? Jesus says, I'm the rope. Jesus said, I'm the rope, I'm the bucket, I'm the well, I'm the water, I'm spirit, I'm truth, I'm way, I'm life. All of these things so that you can get to the Father. A 
true worshiper is the worshiper that comes to Jesus to draw some Jesus by using Jesus to get to the Father. Did you get that? That's what a true worshiper is. I use some Jesus to get to Jesus, you by way of Jesus to get to the Father. The problem is that, that we've made this worship representing the building, the church building, worship. We have made worship about all of the ceremonial stuff that we do, whether it's reading, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's prayer, whether it's fasting, whether it's communion. And, and that's what we say it's worship. The most scariest of all. Everything that we do on the external of self. The way we dress, the way we carry ourselves, everything we do externally to make it an aim to get to the Father. How about this one? Food. Somebody say food. Oh, I don't eat that. This body is pure. Obviously, I... I I, I, I don't worship that way. <laughs> but, but, but many people, they abstain. I abstain from that food. It's, 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 not, it, it's not worthy of the Father's presence, of, of Jesus in my worship. The most important one here, I, I say many people are calling what we do here in the beginning of the service, which is music, worship. And many of us appeal to God in music to get to the Father. And then the last one here, our generosity, our giving, our offering. We think that we're gonna we're going to appease the Father in how generous we are. Remember that there was a poor woman who was a widow and, and only had two two pennies, the equivalent of two pennies. And Jesus said, that woman there outgave everybody else. Why? Because she gave from her heart. See, this is not worship. This isn't worship. There isn't and there will never be a meritorious, a meritorious, which, which means, means a way of merit or reward to get to the Father's presence beyond Jesus. You can't just come to the building and expect you're going to get to the Father just because you got here early or late. Preferably if you got here early. It's nice because then I, I, it's, you got married with me. Father doesn't care, but I, I like when you get here on time. And we'll talk about the reverence and the honoring of... of, of we'll, talk, we'll talk about punctuality and stuff like that. We're, we're punctual at work, but not church. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. We'll get into that did that sting? <laughs> and then we got people that can quote every scripture, every scripture in the Bible, but they are toxic in spirit. They are toxic at heart. They are toxic with family. They are toxic with the spouse because they think that the way to the Father is there. We got the external. Some women that think that, hey, it's, it's just because I dress so modestly. Look how pious I am and how pure I am. 
You toxic girl, you know. <laughs> Fellas, and you know, stop it. But this is not the way to the Father. I've had so many people tell me about the suit and the tie and, and, and the dress and the shoes and, and, and how we dress to honor the Father. You know how many people put on a suit, but they can't cover up their heart before God? I'm going to skip food. We're going to go to. <laughs> How many are getting this? How many are getting this? Now. There is no song. There is no music. There is no message. There is no space. That we can ever build. That's as equally attractive to God's heart than his own son. None of these things compare to God's son. Now, it is possible to find, it is possible to find Jesus in the building. It is possible to find Jesus, and you will find him in his word, and his study. And, and, and this is not representing his word. This is representative of ceremonial rudiments and, and things that we do like communion and on. All right. Many people think because I drink communion or because I'm baptized, ta-da, I'm worshiping and I'm honoring the father. Ta-da. No, you could take communion. You could be baptized and still be toxic. All right. And, and on and on and on. But it is possible to get to Jesus using these methods when they're done right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, verse 6. Listen to what Jesus said. Who's speaking? Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And if Jesus is speaking to his disciples, do you think we ought to pay attention? All right. And in this particular conversation, he's talking to his disciples about prayer. Jesus is setting the standard of prayer. Part of the problem today is that we are quick to listen to the doctor, uh, reverend, prophet, evangelist, um, apostle, bishop who wrote the book on 17 steps to prayer instead of just reading this. Jesus said, when you pray, Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the the, the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But, somebody say but. When you pray, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. When you pray. This is, this is exclusive information, insight that comes from the son about the father. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your father. How and where? 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 How? In private. Then... Your father who sees everything will reward you. 
notice that Jesus warns them not to be like the hypocritical folk. Who's the, the folk? Don't be like that. Jesus called those re- religious people hypocrites. A, a hypocrite is one who lives in contradiction between reality and appearance. The father sees everything. Somebody say everything. He sees the one that prays in public. He also sees the one who prays in private. But his reward is not the same for the one who prays in private than it is for the one who prays in public. Different rewards. Are you getting that? Jesus Jesus is saying all the public stuff that you do, it, it already has a reward. But that reward doesn't come from the Father. It comes from who? It comes from the people. What people's oh look look how look at Sadie here, look how wonderful he prays and look how he worships. Oh look at Dr. Gladys and, and, and Robert and look at how they work. Oh wonderful. Those people are just so oh godly. Oh look at Rebecca. Oh how wonderful she, that's that's the reward. That's what you get. I'm not saying not to do those things, guys. That's not what I'm saying. But Jesus is saying that's still not it. It goes a little deeper than those things. A hypocrite deliberately works on looking like something he or she isn't. You are, or it's a it's a it's a counterfeit or a forgery, a fake. As I wrapped up our friend series last week, I overemphasized that children of God reflect God's glory. To reflect Something is to give back the very same details, not a variation or similarities, the very same details. And there are things that can look like God's glory and aren't God's glory. Let me, let me say that again. This is why Jesus said true worshipers, because if there are true worshipers, then there's got to be fake ones. There are things that may look like something, but really aren't. Nothing we do outside of simply abiding in the obedience of Jesus can conjure up the presence of the Father. And many people think that just because you get to the building, you're going to conjure up his presence. That just because you're following through with the ceremonial stuff, you're conjuring up the Father. That just because you dress a certain way or you look a certain way externally, you're going to conjure up the Father. Or just because you abstain from certain foods and certain drinks, that you're going to conjure up the Father's presence. And that just because you worship, you sing certain songs or you listen all right, to, to worship and you're singing certain songs, that you're going to conjure up the Father's presence. Or that just because you're generous and you give and you tithe and you give offerings, that you're going to conjure up the Father. Today, there are many things that we may think is worship and really it's counterfeit. It's a simulation of an original. I'm going to tell them something. So what I want to give you, I want to give you some statements for you to meditate on, ponder them, ponder on these uh, statements I'm going to give you. You can write them down. In fact, I, I would recommend that you write stuff down. I, I, I like people to take notes. 
And if you don't take notes, I still like you. I, I didn't mean it to sound like that. Well, he doesn't like me. No, I, that's not what I meant. But I want you to write this stuff down. Worship is a temperature. It's a climate in me that places me in him by way of my spirit connecting to his spirit. And I'm not going to repeat this stuff so that you could go online and watch it and listen to it again. All right. The next one I want to give you. I got to establish this, this God fundamental truth about God so that you understand his presence and how his, his presence operates. Because I hear this all the time and we hear it in many churches. You go to as many worship concerts as, as we go to and we listen to online and you hear this being said all the time. I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's boundless. He's infinite, limitless, all the time, everywhere. Jesus said, my father sees you in private, but he also sees the one that's in public. There isn't a space that the father does not fill. Many people think you're getting to the building and that's where his presence is. So you act a fool at home in front of your spouse and your children. God says, my presence is there. Why would you have reverence in this building, but not in your home? His, his presence isn't something that comes that comes to me for an occasional casual visit because of anything that I do. That's not how his presence works. King David said out of Psalm uh, nine, uh, one nine, 139 verse 7, if you get a chance, read the whole, the whole psalm. It declares how King David understood the presence of God. He said, he said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Some of you are running and you think you're running away. God is going to run all you want. I'm right here. I'm, I'm right here. There's a sign that says, I, I, I walk in front and I walk behind you. His presence is in something. And I recently had to learn this about our Heavenly Father's presence. His heavenly presence is something that we usher in. Ooh, yeah, take a moment, take that one in. We've heard this and we hear it all the time. I'm guilty of saying it. Let's usher in his presence. He doesn't need our help with himself. Are you getting that? I thank the worship team for ushering in his presence. The worship team ain't do nothing. His presence is here. His presence is there. Everywhere. Are, are, who's getting this? Jesus and only Jesus mediates between God and man. It's only Jesus. 
not the worship leader. It's not Becky. It's, it's not Alexis. They don't have the responsibility of ushering in the presence of God. It's not my responsibility. I can't usher it. His presence is everywhere because he's omnipresent. Are you getting that? He's everywhere all the time in every place. He fills it. Out of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, scripture says this. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am where? I am where? In the midst. This scripture is not about where you gather, but how you gather. It's not about where you gather, but how you gather. Speak the name of Jesus. Whoop, there he is. Wherever you are, speak the name of Jesus. There he is. If you don't feel Jesus in your gathering, chances are you are in the wrong gathering. Jesus should be felt in the morning during breakfast. You should feel Jesus at lunch, at work, or at home. You should feel Jesus in the car when you're driving. I'm telling myself that. You should feel Jesus at work with the annoying boss and the annoying co-workers and on and on. If you don't feel Jesus, or if you don't feel the presence of the Father, it's not that the present is absent, that there's something wrong with the worshiper. So in worship, one positions him or herself to receive what God wants to give and pour out. Worship isn't just about giving praise and adoration to my God and to my Father with my lips and with my body and with my dressing and external pursuits and emotions. It's about seeking out and the pursuit of the right frequency precision of my heart and my will connected to his heart and his will. In worship, I'm detaching myself from the world around me and I willingly attach myself to God unabashed and in total surrender. I don't care that my wife sees me. You know, there are people that can't lift their hands and worship in church. They, they can't worship with their hands extended. Why? Because my wife is standing next to me. I, mean, I don't want her to see that. Or I don't want my wife to see me on my knees crying. Some of the fondest memories in my childhood was about seeing my father move to tears in service. I couldn't understand what this tough little Puerto Rican man. Why? This man had the heart of a lion everywhere he went. But when he got to the church building... And people were singing songs. He was always in tears, moved to tears. That was interesting to me. So in worship, I detach myself from everything. I'm telling myself, I don't care. I don't care what Becky is doing, or I don't care what Christian is doing. I don't care what Rebecca is doing. But right now, I'm going to detach myself from everyone else. And Lord, Heavenly Father, I'm going to attach myself to you. 
I am pursuing, I'm seeking the right frequency to connect to him who is everywhere at every place. And worship, he doesn't come to me. I go to him. Let me say that again. In worship, he doesn't come to me. I go to him. Think about some of the songs that we sing. His presence doesn't come and go. He doesn't, there's no variation in God. There's variation in man, but not in God. He's consistent. God does not show up. He discloses and he reveals himself. Did you get that? He doesn't show up. He discloses and he reveals himself. That's why we read last week that when we turn to the Lord, there is an unveiling. The veil is removed. Now I see where he is. He's everywhere. In worship, I'm searching through the noise of the world with a concerted effort to search him out in the midst of all the noise. Some of us are so much more versed in COVID-19 than we are in his word. Some of us are more versed in conspiracy theories and politics than we are in his word. And his, honestly, did you read that article? No. I know his word. Worship is the place that we go in our hearts and in our minds to be near to that place where the Father is. It's in my spirit. It's in my heart. It's in my mind. I'm going to connect. When we worship, we are telling our Father, our Abba, Abba. Does anybody remember what that means, Abba? What does it mean? Daddy, I'm ready to see you. That's what, we, that's what worship is. Daddy, I'm, I'm ready to see you. That happens at work. It happens at the hospital. It happens during that, you know, we, uh, several months ago, Alexis, and I'll let, I don't want to rob her of her story, but, but doctors gave her a report. Doctors gave her a report about her future. Then God turned around and said, ah, I didn't see that. Doctor said that. This is what I say. So we can't announce to you all that she's expecting a child. Even when it was told to her that it couldn't be possible. Are you hearing me? He is in the places where the enemy tries to say he's not. He's in your finances. He, he, he's in your health. He's in your relationship. Are you getting me? There is no place where his presence isn't. Worship. And if you write anything down, worship is our modern day Eden. Worship is our modern day Eden. 
I'm wrapping up. To understand worship, one must understand God's origin for mankind. Scriptures, when they begin in scriptures, in the beginning, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God. Scriptures do not begin within the beginning, the sun. In the beginning, the moon or the stars or gases, cells and, 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 and atoms. No, in the beginning, God. God created a place. He created an environment that would be, are you ready? Adequately and equally sufficient for his creation and him to have communion. This is communion, guys. This is communion. Com communion just means closeness, unity, friendship, intimate community. This is communion. But then listen carefully. After he creates earth, and earth is at its purest, purest and most perfect form, it still wasn't enough for what the father wanted to give his creation. So then God goes a step further and in going further, God now creates in a perfect sinless earth. He then planted a garden that he calls Eden. Eden is the place where man and God can see, they can hear, they can speak to each other. They can dwell and abide in perfect harmony with each other. God created Eden for his children. The name Eden means a place of pleasure and delight. That's what Eden is. I don't know if Eden is that to the Clarks. <laughs> but that's what Eden means a place of pleasure and delight do you know that there's no mention of music of songs being sang dancing prayer none of those things were mentioned in Eden God's presence is in communion with man in that place. Though God created this environment, it was man's assignment to cultivate. Somebody say cultivate. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. To do what? To cultivate it and what? And keep it. God created this environment 
But man had an assignment to cultivate it and to keep it. To cultivate means that you are pursuing it. When you're cultivating something, you are pursuing it. The word keep, somebody say keep. In the Hebrew, that word keep is shamar. Now, shamar, I'm not talking about your cousin shamar. But, but shamar in Hebrew means gatekeeper. So when he is, he, he, he is saying to, to man in Eden, I want you to pursue I want you to, to, to be a gatekeeper of this environment where my presence is with you exclusively. When man sinned by disobeying, God didn't ask him, what did you do? God asked, where are you? And who told you that you were naked? Those are the two fundamental questions. They're vital questions. Whose presence did you allow into the environment of our communion? Because it's the same question he's asking us today. Whose presence are you allowing in the environment of communion between you and your father? This place was a sacred place. The Bible says that the serpent entered Eden because there is someone who was not keeping and there was someone who was not cultivating the environment. They were distracted. They left their post. Someone was not doing their job. When we talk about worship, we're going to talk about it all month. Because I want you to really grasp the difference between a true worshiper and what a false worshiper is. And unfortunately, many people that are false worshipers, it's not that it's not deliberate. It's just that they just don't know. It hasn't been taught. We don't talk much about it other than worship is music or worship is giving or, or, or worship is about what we do on a Sunday. Listen, on Sunday, you bring worship so that we can all worship together. But you bring worship from home. Are you, are you hearing that? I hear many people, I, I read your posts. Oh, what a horrible Monday. Terrible Monday. I wish it were Friday. In the climate that you can control by having God's presence be manifested and revealed and disclosed at work. Last week I was getting texts all week, people saying, I felt God. I'm still feeling God. I'm still, yeah, you're going to still feel God. You ought to still feel God. It's not because of what happened here. We can't recreate this Sunday to Sunday. That's, 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 that's irrational. His presence is here. Where are you? And who did you let into the realm, into the environment of God's communion between you and him? So all we, I want you to do 
four things all week, starting tonight, starting today, as soon as we finish here, I want you to do these four things. Number one, acknowledge. I want you to acknowledge God's presence is with you from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. I want you to practice something simple. It may sound a little crazy, but take a moment in the morning. Say, good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning. Good morning. When you go to bed at night, good night, Heavenly Father. Acknowledge his presence at every juncture of your day. As you're praying for your children on the way to school, bless you. Father, your presence is with me as your presence is with my children. As I go to work, the presence is with my children, the presence is with me at work. Acknowledge that his presence is with you everywhere you go. Promise to do that? Yes, you promise to do that? Heavenly Father, if they don't do it, take them to heaven. <laughs> Changed that quick, didn't you? Oh. But start off your day that way. Pause. You know, the very first thing we reach for when we wake up is our phone. To tell Facebook what a wonderful day they're going to have. Or Instagram and TikTok. Start with his presence. Start with his presence, okay? Okay? If you don't, your hair will fall. Start off with his. Look at Rob. Look at Rob. See what happened to him? <laughs> Number two, expect, expect, expect. In the morning, as you are acknowledging, just like you are in the evening, just like you are during the day. L- listen, if, if you are acknowledging God's presence, my treatment towards my wife is different because I acknowledge his presence everywhere I go. What, I, what I'm deliberately saying when I'm disrespectful to my wife, when I'm abusive to my wife, when I treat my wife like garbage, what I'm saying is I don't believe that your presence is here. And you disrespectful children, listen to me. Disrespectful children that are disrespectful children that are in this place. When you are disrespectful to your parents, you are telling God, I don't believe that you are in this place. So I want you to expect, number two, expect. Expect to feel. Expect to see, expect to hear your heavenly father. Expect it daily. Tonight, expect to hear him. Expect to see him. Expect to feel the, you ever had a conversation with someone and you go, oh, the hair is on my, oh, did you feel that? Did you feel that? You've all had that experience, right? That should be everywhere you go. Oh, heavenly. Whoa. I don't have time to get into it, but I remember Hector and I went to Social Security a few years ago. And it, 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 was about, it was about 16 years old after my mama passed away. After my mama passed away. And, and 
and and we needed God to show up and I was I was expecting God to show up through everything here and, and I was just freaking out I needed God to show up and he was right there with us at the social security building not only was he there at the building but he was behind a counter he was he, he spoke to me using the woman's voice God's presence was there and, 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 and it was an impossible situation that only Hector and myself know in our family. It was an impossible situation. What did I say? It was an impossible situation. And the very same person that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, because I saw the face and I saw the attitude, I said, oh no. Oh no, I wish I could have a different person. Not this person. Oh, you ever do that? You ever assume? You ever assume because you see, and we shouldn't do that because we're Christians, right? We shouldn't do that. You should never assume, judge people. But I did. I was judging. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, 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 this is not going to work out. And, 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 and out of her mouth, her mouth, when she saw my name, she said, is your father, was your father Pastor Jose Carmona? And my life changed. And I said, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. I was very meek and docile and yes. She said, your father and my father were best friends. What is the situation? When I told her, she's like, that's it? I got you. Don't you like it when people tell you, I got you. And it wasn't the woman, it's the presence. So, So do not discount his presence in your impossibilities. Do, somebody needs to hear that. So expect his presence starting today. It's just expect it. You get an ice cream, expect them. I told you food is my... Number three, pursue. Number one is acknowledge. Number two, expect. Number three is pursue. I want you to pursue his presence. I I want you to search out his presence. And and that may mean you got to disconnect from the world a little. You got to disconnect. There are people, man, that just give a a, a point to point of their day. Look what I'm doing and I'm bathing, you know, and I'm brushing my teeth. And and, and you're giving, seriously, you give people day to day. Information of what you do. Pursue his presence that way. Or more. Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue it. Disconnect yourself. Cut cut, then you gotta cut some things off. Pursue his presence. Talk to him. Read about him. Read about him. MJ! Read about him. You hear me, MJ? Okay, <laughs> but read about him. Pray to him. Speak to him. Be be a crazy man. Be a crazy woman. Speak to God. You ever do that? You're just out there doing. Becky knows, man. I'm out doing my, my the gardening, and I'm and, and I, I'm out there doing stuff around the backyard. And just just talking. Just just talking. Lord, help me, Lord. I'm about to lose it with this woman. You know, like, you just gotta. <laughs> But get in the car. Have a conversation with your... He's there. 
Lastly, anticipate. Make a daily allowance. Make a daily allowance for his presence in your life. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready for him to unveil himself. Make preparations for him to disclose himself to you everywhere you go and everywhere you want. Listen, everywhere you go and everywhere you want, if you make the preparations within yourself so that he may unveil and disclose, listen, he will. He'll show you where he is. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.